And so you had, as I say, Quigley that was over the moon to have access to these archives. Who said, yeah, we have all kinds of people belonging to our group, our, our level, you know, communist dictators, and didn't make any difference to them. And yet the same people are telling you to hate people uh, that run for low-level politics with, with, with the same designations running for different groups. See how you're all getting used and stirred up? Well, the ones we above you have all the leaders of different, like, section leaders. We above, as part of their group, running it, helping to run their departments, eh? keeping the trouble going. Well, they all meet together and have their own secret meetings the public can't get into as they're deciding how different tactics and where they're going from there. It's astonishing how the world really runs, isn't it? But the, again, the first and foremost thing you have is to train the public to be naive, awfully important. I've said it so many times. And we believe it. Well, what, I mean, why shouldn't we believe it? <laughs> the, well, here's your history. Here's your culture. Here's your people. Here's your leaders. And, and, and you're, you're not too bad a people, and etc., etc. And, and because they keep telling you that, and, and you're civilized. They keep telling you you're civilized. And, and yet when it comes to war and things like that, you, you'll see different people emerging suddenly on the stage, the theater of war. <laughs> and the, you, you'll see these different players getting these amazing powers, emergency powers given to them immediately. Churchill literally rounded up hundreds and hundreds of people instantly with a secret service police. The public hadn't, didn't even know that they ever had up until then. Because a lot of folk didn't want to go into a second world war. And uh, they didn't see that Britain was already bankrupt from it, and it was going to get a lot worse. And, and uh, you couldn't pay this thing off in a few years, the, the debt you incurred with that. And so a lot of folk were against it. You know? And again, the victors always write the histories and paint the bad guy as the ultimate enemy, the most, the, most, well, the evil empire, etc. It's, it's done before and it'll be done again. And has been done even with the Middle Eastern. Saddam Hussein was suddenly an, an evil, you know, a great saint. So was, was you know, Gaddafi. You know, they're all sudden satans, etc. Oh. The same terminology is used over and over, eh? because they must always over rationalize the wars once have happened, because they don't want people starting to dig out. Now, wait a minute, that's not exactly what they told us at the beginning, and we're always being used, always being played for a. Games which you'll never figure out. Never figure out. I've mentioned before, too, you got to look it up as well. It's a, it's a TV, uh, maybe half-hour show, I think it was, back in the, maybe the 1970s or 60s even, I think. But it's um, you, you'll see um, Donald Pleasance. I really like Donald Pleasance, great actor. He died and... I believe he's dead anyway, but he, he was a great actor. Uh, and he could play these parts awfully well. And a well-trained actor, too, and they're real professionals, you know. But it was called The, the News Benders. The News Benders. And uh, he recruits 
people who don't know this organization even exists. But he gets journalists that are a bit wayward or whatever, but they've got the abilities of imaginative writing. And he, 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 he's, so this guy's brought into his office one day in this, a tower in London and on this particular floor and uh, Donald talks to him and, and says, yeah, you're going, we, we want you to work for us. And, and, this, and this, this, this reporter says, well, he's cocky and all that. He says, well, what do you mean? Who are you? I don't even know who you are. You know, I mean, work for you. And he says, well, we, we decided we, we want you and you know, we've watched you for a long time. And, and the journalist says, no, how could you have watched me for a long time? No one's watched me. I say, oh, we know all about you. And, he, and Donald Pleasant sits down and opens up this this booklet and he says, yeah, he says, uh, this, uh, he says, uh, yeah, you, you had a falling out with your girlfriend, with, uh, with your wife a while ago in an affair. And we know all about that. And he names the names of the people and all the rest of it and what happened, what happened. And of course, the journalist is getting a bit paranoid. And he said, how do you know all this? You've been following me around. He says, no, we don't have to follow you around. And, and he, he says, what do you, you got all this data? You went into a, into a hospital, he says. This is a few years ago, he says, and uh, to get an abscess or something, an abscess, a minor operation. He says, we put an implant in you then. This is 1967 or 68, I think it was. This was released. And he shows him this little thing in his hand. The size of this, he says, you know. He says, we put that inside you. And he says, why don't you hear what it does it? And so he plays a bit of recording. He says, this is your heartbeat. You hear the bump, bump, bump. And, and then you hear the voices over the top. It's, it's, you've got the recordings of everything you've said in, in the last 10 years, or however long it was. So it was a bit ahead of his time. But the whole point of the section, he was trying to go on recruitment to, was, and he took him through this other room, and they had models like moon landings, <laughs> <laughs> models of, of the latest um, uh, missiles, that models of a, a mountainside that I mean, looked like a nuclear bomb had hit it. And this is the stuff he said, this is what we put across on the news. He says, this is for next next year's news here. And we've got all this, and he tells him this is what the story is going to be. He even has a, a big um, rack with magazines on it and, and, and newspapers. He says, this is, these, these are like prototypes of how the news will be in that day and this, this year and so on. And the guy's astonished. He said, what, what, he says, you say, well, you say, we make the news. He says, yeah. He says, yeah. Uh, he says, it's much better. He says, since the end of World War II, he says, we've, we've run the whole show, making people think they're going to get blown up any minute so that they, 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 no one dares take the first move, know what's going to happen. So we keep them in a state of terror. It's a strategy of tension, as they call it. And they make the news. It's all fake stuff, including the trivia. And the guy's astonished and astonished, and he says, but I still can't, I can't go into this. He says, this is too much coercion, and, and you have all these powers. And, and as he was cracking up, knowing that his reality, his nice cozy reality of the system, the world, was completely fake, he was learning here. Huh? And so he's ready to walk out the door, he says, I wouldn't do that. He says, this thing also has a little explosive in it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the guy eventually, he's offered, I think, three quarters of a million pounds or something, something like that. He says, oh, yeah, we pay our people very well. Money's no object since they make it, you know. So he's on board with it. But a good statement in it, I think, a good, uh, Donald Pleasance, um, 
when, it's, when the guy says, what do you mean? You, you make all the news. And I said, but I've, I've been reading this stuff for years, even writing about these things I'm giving you. He says, yeah. He says, the news is the most perfected form of fiction. And I thought, that's, that's it right there, eh? The news is the most perfected form of fiction. You're seeing that today. People across the world have watched cities getting burned. And people on camera saying they're just demonstrate. It's just demonstrators, as, as the flames are in the background. <laughs> and drive-by shootings, people getting shot and killed and so on. And they're just protesting and looting the stores and whole streets looted. There's fiction for you. Oh, forget your lying eyes and take our word for it. What you're really seeing is just peaceful protests. You're living through it, gaslighting. All the time. And, and actually, the news benders is tame <laughs> compared to what we've been living through for years, actually. Never mind recently. But if you can get a hold of it, it's just worth looking up. You'll enjoy it. These little quips from the, from the 1960s. And they make the stars, remember. They, they, they always make the... It's like Al Gore. Al Gore, when he, years ago, he was in all the papers giving his speech and about you know the, the coming catastrophe of the planet if he didn't all start paying carbon taxes to his carbon exchanges. No kidding you. Here's the crooks, folks. Here's the real crooks right here, eh? Mm-hmm-hmm. And this is, they belong to the real, the real organization, the bond type organizations, the bad guys. Yeah, they set up exchange banks where they're going to sell carbon, the fictitious carbon. Like they don't store it in anything. They're just going to say this. You probably released this this day, so that we want you to pay so much towards what you probably released this day into the air, and then they trade it, and it's like stocks, and it goes up in price, and they sell it. Blood and Gore was the name of his company. Oh. But anyway, Al Gore, they launched him too during that time to try to make him famous because he, was, he wasn't famous for anything. So he, he says, I invented the internet, he says. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Blood and Gore was the name of the company. Though. Oh. I tell you, an inconvenient spoof indeed. But we, this is what we live through, folks. There's an agency above it that owns the star-making machine. People don't just rise to the top through skills and talent anywhere. They must be presentable. They've got to appear what they want them to appear like, like a good actor. If it's a good scientist that they want you to believe in, they'll, they'll create that scientist. Or they'll give you, they'll give you um, a technocrat's and launch him to the world as being some wonderful and genius and give him lots of financing. You had the same thing happening with, with Epstein and Maxwell, part of a, a group. And for years, folk, literally, that was a persona they created. He was a multi-billionaire. But in reality, the money was all owned by the company, the group that ran him. And we know that too. There's supposed to be taboo to mention it now, you see. Very powerful indeed. But it's the same too with Zuckerberg and all the rest of them. They're, oh, these geniuses, just astonishing. And as they're launched as front people to, to really run massive spy operations over the planet and having control over everything and free speech, total control over speech. 
and folk think they're going to somehow evolve into a higher form of democracy. Ooh, I tell you. Completely censored everywhere you look. And it's going to get worse and worse because you, this 5G is for a world. It's, it's part of the, the whole reset, the global reset idea from the World Economic Forum. A whole new way of living, or I call it existing. It won't be living anymore because you're all, it's bad enough being spied on in all electronic communications. But when you get spied on everywhere you go, everything you do, every transaction you make, everything you purchase, all on their system. Uh, every thought that you have pretty well on their system. That's where it's going. Because I've said years ago, the elite won't, will not be content at this to that phase of it. After that, it's a whole different phase again. But up, getting up to that phase, they won't be content until everybody is completely 100% predictable. That's the intention of it. And the people above you have no love for you at all. The people... <laughs> that you think are funding even the revolutionary movement, have no love for the folk that are doing the revolutions at all. None. Zilch. None. Mm-mm-mm. They're all being used. Uh, but the, the front leaders are getting well paid to be used. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like the Spectre and the, and the different groups that you'd hear about, and the Bond groups. And that's where they got the whole idea from it. Again, getting back to Conan Doyle, it, was, it wasn't just a, some obscure idea of a Moriarty, a Moriarty who was a, a, a genius. They had geniuses at the top, absolutely. But they, they, they had no problems with murder and mayhem, you know. No, there's no doubt about it. We've been heavily manipulated. Like on a scale never done before with electronic media, including all those who are, are joining different camps, you see. Uh, the pros and the, and the againsts and so on, of whatever it happens to be, and you'll find crowds gather. I remember years ago I gave a, a talk on the crowd. It was an old book put out years and years ago uh, of the early studies of crowds, then later studies on crowds that I had to throughout the years uh, by behaviorists. They're constantly studying us. You, you understand, if you understand human behavior and what you can manipulate people into doing, and and you know how they immediately form uh, their pros and against, you see. They're for and against. That always happens. Then you can use them very, very effectively and very efficiently for your own purposes without them realizing that you're, they're being used. Because most of them are as emotional. Emotion runs uh, crowds and overtakes the pure logic, you see, and reason. Uh, it's the right buttons to press. And right, all the way back to Plato again. Plato said it, you use the same techniques used before to get the same results. And if you know the sequences of, of implementing something that worked, then it'll work again in the future if you use the same sequence. That's how it, it works with manipulation of the psyche and the emotions. Emotions are very easy to manipulate, really, because uh, we've inbuilt likes and dislikes. Some of them are to do with survival. That's why folk hate the idea of abortions, a lot of people, because it's killing ourselves in a sense, you see. And when we start killing ourselves, there's no end to the next step. Start off with the young, then start, then end up with the elderly. Oh, well, you know, they don't know what's happening. Just Then, then just folk who are getting fed up living, let's add them to it. 
Let's add folk who are depressed too. Let's folk add folk too that are just physically ill in some areas, although they could live for years with help. That's already happened. I've done the stories live a, a few years back. And um, it doesn't stop, you see, because you see that the system doesn't exist for you. Again, you're given the myth of a caring system by gushing psychopaths, but in reality, uh, it's vastly different. And behind the gush is a cold, clinical, <laughs> evil mind. And that's what runs you for profit and for efficiency. Humanity has got nothing to do with it at all. That is the system you're in. And so you have these inbuilt things. So, so you know, at election time, you always get the same topics up, abortion, pro and against, you see, uh, which are instant. They're very they're guttural. You know, they, they're, they're, they're really, by guttural, I don't mean deep in your throat. That's down in your stomach, really. It's, it's abdominal. It's a reflex action you'll have about things because you, you're you killing something that's not diseased. It's not unhealthy. It's healthy. Uh, so you, even medicine goes down the tubes. I long ago with it too, lost its credibility of do no harm. First, first to do no harm. We live in a corrupt system, very, very corrupt. And they must corrupt the people to go along with it naturally. And that happens over time. And folk adopt the the views given to them, the opinions given to them, very cleverly given to them. And they, they don't even know they've been downloaded into them in a sense, bits and bytes, by techniques with language specialists. Language is more than just a, how to convey messages. It's how to have people implement it within themselves <laughs> with, with guaranteed results. Eh? And you have psycholinguistics and, uh, and even other related arts to it, all connected, that will give you the correct views and opinions and emotions to go with the opinions. So the crowds are, are very easy to create, and you get the ones that, as long as you get the, you, you find chinks in the armor. The communists knew back in the, the early 20th century, actually even in the late 1800s, they already sussed out America and how they could get America to have a revolution inside of it to overthrow the system into the next system, you see. Uh, they'd already had a previous revolution to bring in one system. Now, then they, so it's always the elite, really, who are bringing in their own revolution. I hope you understand that's what's happening today with the, the, the global reset hmm, from the World Economic Forum. It's the, the, and the revolutions in the street. It's, their, it's not the ones in the streets that are doing it or the ones who think they're communists, etc. It's the ones who are above them who own this system. That's why it's been allowed to happen. Haven't you figured that one out yet? <laughs> that's when it's allowed to happen, and that's why the media is on board with it. They're told to be on board with it. Huh? It's the elite system going to the next phase for themselves. This is what you're living in. It's bad enough being lied to the bitter end until you get the jabs in your arms or, or wherever they want to stick it. But it's, uh, it's it's just, you know, conning you all the way to it. You know, oh, no, we might not do it. Oh, you m- might do it. Oh, we might not do it. You're going to get it. You still have your choice. No, you won't. It's going to be mandatory. This is how they play it with you, you see. But this, it's elite's global reset for themselves. And most of the folk on the planet right now, they claim are superfluous. The Georgia Guidestones, no one's blown them up. Where's Antifa and the rest of them there? Because they're talking about primarily to the start with with the third world countries with a massive population. There's no, there's no, there's no <laughs> big going down there knocking them down. 
And I'd like to see them try. You see, suddenly you, you would see some amazing force on, on, on the premises that would stop them. Rather than have, you know, buildings are okay to burn down and people's homes, but no, <laughs> let's see them go. They won't go anywhere near it because their leaders tell them what to do. Yeah. And it isn't just the leaders that you'll see, that the spokespeople, they have ones below them, like three ranks, you see, and they're all like NCOs behind them. And they're all paid. The ones, these ones are all paid. And they can get the rest of them to go along and do what they're told and, and take the heat and the blame afterwards and, this, and the prison sentencing. That's how it works. But it's for the elite at the top, for goodness sake. Yeah. You haven't seen them either going to the, for the top banks or anything. Yeah. Why haven't they gone to the Federal Reserve Building? Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, the answers are in what's not done during these things. That's what tells you so much. There you go. Anyway, you're living in a system that's the owners of it have decided to go into the next phase for themselves. And all of this is getting used to bring you in into a, a world of sustainability. You, you've heard to all the articles recently. Or, or, or they read them, or maybe yeah. most folk hear things or see them now because of what I watch TV. I don't watch TV. I get clips sent to me on the internet here and there, or folks send it on disc because my internet speed is so slow because I get hammered for what I do here, for what I say. I mean, I can. it's almost dial up speed during the day I'm getting now. It's all intentional and plausible deniability, but it's not our end, sir, you know, it's maybe your equipment, maybe, maybe I've been through it for years, back and forth with them. That's what they do. That's the reality. <laughs> so, and once again, before I forget, cuttingthroughmatrix.com, throw a few bucks my way. So yeah, you're living in a system that Carl Quigley more than hinted that he he, he lifted the cover to an extent. So don't forget his his book, the one, um, his his main book that he's known for. Literally, uh, it, it was banned eventually by the the printer grabbed it or the publisher and printer, and it was like, it was one of the the ones that the, the, I think the one publishers that did that one that tragedy and hope was was one that did them for schools and colleges too. Well known. And they said that uh, they, they broke. They literally got the hard, you know, there was a physical plates, these for printing, and, and smashed them all up. But luckily there was an addition out there. And then afterwards, quite quickly, everybody started grabbing it for free and publishing it for free <laughs> without any rights to it. And uh, I've actually got the audio where Quigley talks about all that and some talking of what happened to him. And he was surprised to see a complete duplicate of his books put out there. And he said they were authentic. Nothing was added to them or detracted from them. And so he, uh, one way or another, the information got out. But uh, it lets a lot out of the bag, you know, of how they think. What you see by studying Quigley himself is the mindset of the people who run at his level, uh, their, their level of the control over the public. Uh, you, you, you get a study in the person themselves, it tells you a lot. And of course there's audios out there too, which I also have, where he talked to some of his students privately. He didn't, well, they were taped, but um, 
and gave them advice on what to do, what to say, what not to say. And even even mentioned that <laughs> to one of them, which is a well-known one, with one of his students, he says, uh, look at that, and he gives them the dollar bill. And everybody's going, oh, no, no, that again. Well, that was way back then in the 60s. And he says, uh, he says look at that bill. And he says, he says that, that's, that's, why is this symbol, an ancient symbol of a power, a world power in its day? And a mystery religion on the dollar bill, yeah? And he starts to touch on it. He says, no, don't talk about this to anybody. He says, it'll ruin your career. So there's, he's, a, he's a, a guy who's involved in a lot of this stuff, who, who was obviously a member, given to the access to the archives, and also he worked the archives for them. And he, they were creating real history. Not not the book, the paperback book version you get put into the bookstores after wars like World War Two. They got the real archives of how they helped set things up, and provoke countries into war and manipulate them into war, managing the financial system, the loans and debts and all the rest of it for power and control over all the countries after the war, and amalgamating whole the countries together into European unions and things like that. Eh? So yeah, I mean, it's quite fascinating to. To see how they, and he thought it was wonderful, yeah. that on its own mankind was just too dumb and stupid to, to make a go of it by them. They needed the, the, the elite, the proper thinkers to do it all properly, you see. And, and he's lauded for it, naturally. A lot of it, what he, he talked about in his book, Tragedy Note, was true to do with the banking system or the financial system uh, for the, the ones that deal with the general public. And he also talked about how medicine would eventually become so incredibly expensive, no one could afford it. Because, and he blamed, he blamed the ordinary folk rising up into the middle classes and losing the, 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 best, the ethics that they used, the old ones used to have. Old doctors at one time came from old families and they didn't really have to work or it wasn't a, it wasn't a main income or a, or a desperately main income. And so they, had, they were in it because they liked it and they, and they felt drawn to it and they wanted to do a good job. So he blamed the middle classes for, for getting too greedy and he said the time will come where uh, the greed factor will destroy the system. Well, he was right on that. But again, he also knew that the, above all of it was the manufacturing drug systems and the Rockefellers who set up the whole AMA for America and um, the, for the Medical Drug Association and the whole medical system for, for America is deciding what treatments would be used and what wouldn't be used and also uh, the, all the drugs, uh, the cartels of drug companies that sprung up around Rockefeller. It's just astonishing. Uh, anything that wasn't under the control, they simply banned or ridiculed as ridiculous and put their own stuff through all their medications and so That's the same to this present day. And Rockefeller himself is again a front man for the big enterprise system that really runs the world. So yeah, you're living in a system vastly different from what you ever imagined. And I remember reading books when I was young. In Scotland you're not really young, you're wee. You know, you're wee. When I was wee. And it was interesting to read about how well-known authors, and ones from Oxford and different universities, authors and teachers who taught their masters, who taught, they actually put out books talking about the histories. But the terms they used often about, well, in the Middle Ages, most of the, the little people were 
didn't know too much. And they talked about them as though they were a, a, a dumb animal. But not in a hateful manner, you know, generally. <laughs> but that's how they talked about them, as though they, somehow they couldn't uh, ever aspire to anything, even if they'd been told or given a basic education. That's really the impression that you got. Uh, very class-ridden indeed. But that was not an unusual thing. You had the same thing in, in across Africa in different places and different tribes as well. Look at India, and even in the, in, inside um, the Hindu culture with its stepped system, of up to, right down to the untouchables at the bottom, and it's written into basically uh, their whole cultural law that <laughs> this is quite normal. That's what they, that's how they, how they perceive it, and there's no chance to change it. You see. And they add karma to it. That's your karma as well. So you couldn't change it. So you see what I'm saying? So it's uh, it's all it's all fortified to stay that way, and that, that's what they want. That's what the the rulers wanted for thousands of years. And it benefits those at the top naturally. Uh, and then you can see all you you can say you want about the, the genetics are really involved with, with discussions on India. They they're fascinated by, it and they've studied it amazingly well. Because if you get the ones at the very bottom breeding with the ones at the very bottom, they say you'll get the same kind of getting. There's really, this is what they say. But that's for the same terminology they use for, as I say, for people in the British Isles for, for centuries and centuries. You, know? you go back into, to, uh, I could go on and on. There are segments of society that look down on different occupations and. One that's a favourite to be looked down upon is farming for some reason, and because it's the most important thing they can possibly have to get food uh, to live. You know, so it's rather, I'd say it's more important than the, than everything that lives on top of it, right up to the parasitical groups at the very, very top. Obviously, um, use everything that, that's, that sustains the public, the, the general population. And enrich themselves off of it. Without farming, none of that would exist. There would be no top. <laughs> Think about it. So it's kind of ridiculous to look down upon farming, which is so essential. And it's and it's it's also there's a lot of science involved in farming to make uh, crops grow, etc. It's a matter of just putting a hole in the ground and dropping a seed in, as Mr. Bloomberg mentioned, and it's in an article a few months ago, a couple of months ago. There's a lot more to it, and it's hard work. None of us would survive without the farmer. It's the most basic thing. What do you need to live? Food. In a system who believes that the highest thing is to, to get money and deal with money and, and acquire as much money as possible. And then you end up with all the ills that that causes in the world. You really have dilemmas, don't you? In other words, the more psychopathic a people are, the more successful in that system they've designed for themselves will happen to be. And the more they'll despise the people at the bottom that really either can't or have no inclination to get to climb up there and acquire incredible wealth. But what they're doing is so vitally important, or the ones at the top would be starving to death. You know, it's, it's utterly ridiculous. You'd think the ones at the bottom would get more applause for what they do, that they're bent over and working hard. And they owe so much to, to farming, absolutely. That's why farming is the first thing to get controlled. Eh? They want to keep the prices high. I read the articles a few years ago, in fact, when the United Nations, uh, because they have their own Department for Agriculture, and they get everybody else to sign on to their different agreements, and they can reduce the food supply of the planet and, and increase the cost. Because, as they say, them, so see, 
again, under energy, technocracy, everything's energy. And Wells said it, and others since then said it, and ones that the the, the United Nations have said it, if you if you feed the people, give them good food, then they're healthy. And if they're healthy, they're, you get, they can actually breed, successfully breed, you know, with, with less problems and or stillbirths and, and problems like that. But fertility improves, you see. It's a bad thing having fertility improving when their whole object is to bring it down, like the Georgia Guidestones. Hmm. The West, as Bertrand Russell said, had already been uh, tampered with, and that's why fertility would, would drop. And what's the biggest problem in the West? Infertility. Just coincidence, right? What I'm trying to say to you is, you've got to get out from underneath this umbrella of, of what you think is normalcy of the system under which you live. We're definitely run by a world organization, massive, it's got tentacles and everything. And um, and you, you're seeing it now with the, the whole, I say every country's politicians on board spouting the same lines, just like the, the news. Eh? It's like it's like the news from Reuters. They're all spouting the same lines, line by line by line, to the public. Why don't just give us one one news outlet? It would save a lot of money. You know? Why have them all saying the same thing? Well, this would to give you the idea that they're all independent and different, but they're not. When they're all spouting the same stuff. That's why. And there's still a few other things to finish off yet, you know. But you've got to start thinking for yourselves and um, and not falling for everything that's offered to you, you know, whether it's information or anything else. Those on the streets, and this is how, when you study the, the, the psyche of the crowd of revolutionaries, uh, when you study the, the, the writings that are put out by Weishaupt and his group, the, the reason that, that literally they were hunted huh, in Bavaria, but they'd already, they'd, they'd already moved out and long ago into the, the wider world through the lodges, and, and it's been recorded they were all through America too. But but it was the, it was the massive deception how every layer of society would be getting conned basically, and fed lies for different purposes, and and different factions created to be stirred up and to be used against other groups that would be stirred up to be used. It's quite amazing to see how well it was understood way back then, how to do it all, and obviously been done already through experience and studied. You can imagine how well it's studied today, it's understood today, when you see it on the streets. And they know how to, to, to again, don't forget what um, Mazzini said. You know, Mazzini, Mazzini was taught by Albert Pike. And they, at that time, they didn't call it a communist party. They didn't call it a communist party till, till, till uh, Lenin and, and, and Trotsky were in power. Uh, they, they, but it, was up in, it was called the World Revolutionary Party. It was the same party that others had fallen for, uh, Lord Byron, you know, the poet and so on, and Tennyson. They all thought it was a romantic thing to join. And you can read Burke uh, talking about the French Revolution and 
other ones too, what happened. You see, you see the patterns in it, which never changed. They always repeat themselves. And, they, and what happens is start fighting each other as the folk behind and doing all the burning and, and often the killing too decide they're not getting all the things that were promised. And then they start to see flaws in their leaders. The reason being, the leaders are really there for a different purpose. <laughs> and uh, you, you see, it's all understood. But it's all been done before, you know, over and over and over. But again, again, Mazzini, um, in his writings, you know, back and forth to Pike, and it's, you can actually see these, where he actually said that um, they'd unleash the nihilists and the atheists on the streets. That's what they do. That's what you're seeing in, in the U.S. Under, under the pretense of, or under the umbrella of its sort of BLM, where the leaders admit they're, they're trained Marxists, they're getting funding again, just like all that they did before in the Bolsheviks from outside sources, well-funded multi-billionaires. I mean billionaires. Eh? And, uh, and well-directed, too. It isn't just money they're getting, it's direction and training. And it's, it's repetition. See how it's repetition. You're watching it all. You're living through it all. And you're getting to, and again, you get the Antifa group that jumped on board. You see the ones at the front of the BLM, but it's mainly white youngsters. But again, there's certain amongst them too, whose, whose great grandparents may have took part in the, the, old, the old Bolshevik revolutions. This is a fact. Some of them have been caught already. And you'll see that I'll put a link up too to the woman in Oregon. One of them, do you see what happened in Oregon? It was quite amazing. Where immediately this, the media and the Please start to play. oh no, there's rumours going around that, the, that these Antifa are starting to go out into the country and set fires. Uh, and they squashed that immediately, that whole, oh, just rumours, rumours, there's no credence to it. All the media said that, and then you see woman, a woman jumping out her truck with a camera on and grabbing one, uh, getting one at gunpoint, who was setting a fire to the brush near her home, and, and she held them till the cops arrived, eh? That's, this has been happening. All, a, few, a whole bunch of them were caught before that doing the same kind of thing. Other ones with Molotov cocktails chucking them from cars. And that the media is trying to tell you it's not happening. What kind of power has got that? Did they get the better to do that? <laughs> you understand? If they can't tell you that basic truth, there's nothing you can believe from them ever, folks, on anything. Fool me once, eh? Shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. You can't go back to believing the media when they've when they got such lens to lie to you. But that's standard stuff that happened then too. They're giving their instructions, you go out into the rural areas to terrify the public and you burn their places down, yada, yada. The same thing, thing happened in Australia, what was it, a year ago, that all the fires going through there under the climate change agreements, if we weren't going along with it and all that, and all, so all these fires just broke out in the brush everywhere. And they caught them, I read the articles, I kept the articles too. Where the, the cops caught a lot of them going out there and, and setting fire to the brush and the bush. So it's... It's repetition, folks. Standard stuff. But the media's going to tell you, is, oh, no, no, it's not. You're, you're my, that fire, look, are you going to believe your lying eyes or what I tell you? Hmm? And also, too, I, I do read all the emails. It's awfully important to get information from people. And I, it's, 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 it's touching when you can get into people's lives. And you get the, the problems they're going through uh, during the COVID and with the personal things that are happening too. And 
And that's the real world. That is the real world, folks. And uh, people are going through everyday kind of problems of all kinds and family problems and marital problems too and in different countries. And um, and now they've got this, all this COVID thing on top of them as well. Lack of funds, lack of money, fear of losing jobs, already lost jobs, small businesses collapsing like dominoes you know, one after the other. All, all by design, folks. Nothing to do with reality. You've got a virus that, 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 that won't get lethal or attack you as long as you're eating. But not drinking coffee or alcohol uh, or anything, but, but uh, it'll attack you then, I guess. But, but if you're eating, it, it's an intelligent virus, you see. It'll, it won't touch you then. And you won't get arrested then for, for, for having a mask off to eat. Eh? Isn't that pleasant? Oh, can you believe this nonsense? Can you believe it? But again, getting back to even Dad's Army, that's, that was, I'd, it, it, during one episode of Dad's Army, a, a comedy, right? About World War Two in Britain. Uh, Mannering declares martial law for the town and rattles it off, you know, one after the other, dud, 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 and, and no more than five people gathering at any time during the day and only two in the evening if they've got a purpose for being there, blah, blah, and, and Curfews at night, yada yada yada. Yeah, this, this, these folk laughed at it then. But today, whoa, 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 was this Australia? <laughs> the whole world's seen seen that the shame, the utter shame that these guns over there, in uniform, should be feeling, you know, for what's happening. Is, is something else, but they've had this the same police mentality since they were created as a penal colony, you know. And there's histories of some of the islands of South Australia where they put a lot of the prisons and so on. Just horror stories when you look at the histories of them, absolute horror stories. And the brutes that they had for tort they tortured prisoners, you know. And don't forget in those days to get it colonized. Britain had had all the laws out. Uh, stealing a roll of bread if folk were starving would get you shipped off there and into prison, and then you worked as a, as a slave. That's what it was. You worked plantations and so on, as slaves. Eh? What a horror show! Huh? But they, they had that that thuggery of of the the guards system. Uh, and I've, I've read quite a lot about different islands and, and the reports up to the, up to the from the present time even people go back into history books and and to the records of these places and and locals who lived outside the could hear the screaming at nights as folk were tortured and beaten and horror stories. Well, it's the same thugs that you put in uniforms today, folks. It's, unfortunately, it's true when you look at Australia. There's no doubt about it, and it isn't just Australia. Uh, we've had, a, again, the Xbox generation that wanted to get into to, to either killing folk in the military, right from Xbox to, to, to uniform, or into the into the, the police departments. This, the attitude change is massive, it's different. And they're so politicized. Certain groups, they won't go near because they don't want to lose their jobs. <laughs> so certain groups can, can, can create mayhem, and, and, and they're untouchable. So you have select groups now that, that, that are okay 
to, to, to hammer with truncheons or beat them up or whatever because no one's going to stand up for them. That's where you are today with this. I've got all books saying this would all happen from, from studies that were done years ago. Sad, isn't it? But that's where we are. Now I want to get into a few stories here. So again, keep the, keep the emails coming because I like to keep in touch. Because and, and, it's real history. It's folk, what you experience in your own life is the real history. I've always said that. The books are all fudged later. But uh, reality is fudged right now if you read the, the mainstream. And real time is fudged. But um, you've got to, your real stories are what matters, you know. They used to get passed down in families to children at one time, mainly through the mothers. That's why they wanted mothers out of the homes, because the culture primarily was put through the mother, the history of the family and the people. Nothing happened by accident here, folks. Or to help women earn money, get some extra tax base for sure. But no, there's a different reason behind all. 